Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and won. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Bloke in a Bar. And what a perfect day to have Bloke in a Bar on because Garino, Garachi, Kanguru. Look, I know you're a romantic man. I know you're a romantic man. It is Valentine's Day and we were given the greatest gift of all, with footy being back. But I've got a gift for you, Guru. Garino. You're Italian, aren't you? You Italians are of romantic. Of course, yeah. Can you, can't you tell? Yeah, Garino. That's your name, isn't it? <laughs> I got a. I would like you to be my Valentine, Garino. Oh, thank you, mate. I appreciate that. Ooh. Hopefully, my missus isn't watching this because she knows what she's getting later. <laughs> um, Some quick hands coming time. her way. It's a beautiful time. Um, we are now officially Valentines. That's adorable. And you know, it's funny as I'm not getting my missus nothing. So, <laughs> you know what I get her? I get her being a fucking good bloke every day. How about that? How about that? That's your gift. That's your Valentine's gift. Me being a good person every day. That's the biggest excuse in the world to not get gifts. But um, no, I jest, I jest. Ladies, uh, gentlemen, say something nice to your missus. Go take her out. Do something nice for your missus. Because I'll be honest, most of you blokes listening to this don't deserve your missus. Let's be real here. No doubt whatsoever. Let's be fucking real. Let's have a bit of a coming to Jesus moment, boys. Go look in the mirror. Go look at your missus. Ask yourself, could she do better? Probably. So you should treat her well. Be nice to her day. Tell her you love her and... uh, just spend the day treating her the way she deserves, boys. And then try to do that every day. How about that? What about Maddie on Instagram this morning, just quietly? Very, oh, Maddie. Very cute. Wow. Very smooth. What do you say? I think it was a reel standing on a balcony. A reel? It? It he hit us on. with a reel? That's like fucking new generation kind I of shit. I thought he must be a reel operator and I clicked on it. It's the, it's the lo- lonely reel there. Wow. Him and his missus from He's a sweetheart. He's a sweetheart. And if we're talking about blokes that don't deserve their missus... That's the fucking guy. You know, the best thing was, Matt added my girlfriend on Instagram in the last 24 hours. That was the first thing she saw. Ooh. <laughs> Real kick in the dick there, my friend. That's a fucking alpha dog play. That's, that's, a, 
That's a move. He's going like, I've got something planned here. Matt, Matt might secretly be a ladies' man. He does scissor all the time. Plays the role. Fucking hell, Matt. You're a scumbag. You are an absolute scumbag. I'm sure he's got some weird BDSM back home tonight. No doubt. Some gag might mask. <laughs> some leather fucking... Some leather outfits, whips, all that kind of weird shit. Leather scissors. He's got leather scissors at home. Jesus. But all seriousness, guys, make sure to say you love your missus today and let them know how much you appreciate them because, uh, honestly, how fuck would we be without our missus? Yeah, seriously. I'd be Barney. living in a cardboard box. Seriously. If I, like, I remember there was a period where I was, like, single for maybe six months. And, like, all my clothes, what was funny is, like, we had this, this big table and I was living by myself. There's this big table and, like, all I would do is just, like, put my clothes on that as, and I'd be like, well, at least they don't crease because I'm, like, rolling them out. And like, they were just piling up. Anyway, my dad comes around one time and he's like, you know what, son? I'd do the same thing. <laughs> Everyone does. Um, so I would literally be living in a cardboard box with a PlayStation if I was without <laughs> my great partner. She does make me uh, a better man, a better man as it were. But Guru, the trials on the weekend, how good was that footy back? Mate, it's so good to have footy back. Uh, All-Stars game was unreal. Yep. C- considering the weather conditions, first game in four or five months for these guys, I just thought they did so well. Oh, incredible. Shocking conditions. Like that, that to me was as close to NRL standard that we've probably seen in, yeah. a, in an exhibition match or a, pro, a trial match. Uh, I think it shows, once again, in rugby league, if you've got the two best front rowers on the field, mm. Goes yeah, you're way. so far ahead. Yeah. You're yeah. so far ahead. And Fish and um, Tapanay, they were unbelievable in that yeah. game. Fisher Harris just continues to deliver Michael. And he just like, because he does it all the time now, kind of like the Tedesco effect, obviously hasn't done it as long. But, like, because he does it all the time, we just like, oh, yeah, Fisher-Harris was the key to, I think, two tries where he was hitting the line, drawing and passing to Tarpanet. Um, before we go ahead, brought to you by Bloke and a Bar, as usual. Guys, footy season is back, so the beer of footy, you've got to go grab it and celebrate footy being back. It supports the platform, it keeps the lights on. So if you get hours of enjoyment of content from Bloke and a Bar and you want this platform to continue growing, Grab a case of Bloke and Bar. Make Bloke and Bar your beer of choice. It's a high-quality lager. Here are the 12 stores in Spotlight. Bot- Bottolo, Rosebury, Local Liquor, Piermont, Banksia Supercellers. Banksia Supercellers. I think I did a taste test a while back there. Great shop, great shop. Mittagong, Bottolo, Celebrations, Cowra, Norris Park, IGA, Courtyard, Esplanade, Cairns, and it's on tap there. Courtyard, and Courtyard have been a supporter since day dot. So get down and try it on tap. Hotel Metropole Proserpine, Centenary Hotel Pimlico, Townsville, Centenary Hotel. They've also been around since the start, I'm pretty sure. So go down, grab a case. Uh, I mean, and the Cowboys, round one, have a bloke in a bar next to you. Couldn't get much better. Yandina Hotel on tap, Stafford Hotel Brisbane. They've also been there since day one. And Star Liquor Raceview Tavern in Ipswich. So go down and grab a case. Also, if, they, if your local independent doesn't stock it, go and ask nicely uh, to order some. Or if it used to stock it and it sold out and they were unable to get more, we're getting bigger this year, guys. We're, we're really trying to make it so you can get bloke in a bar whenever you want it. So go back in there, ask them to order more and grab a case that the beer is spot. Tell me what other beer actually s- dedicates their life, like dedicates their life to sport. I doubt you'd find a single one, but we do. So grab a case of bloke in a bar. It's a beautiful, easy drinking lager. But let's get straight into the games on the weekend. The Maldi women's and Indigenous women's 18-8 to the Indigenous side. Uh, gets revenge for last year. It was quite a substantial loss last year. Uh, I thought, um, obviously, Jamie Chapman was fantastic, scoring two tries quite fast, deceptively fast on the wing there. Kira Dibb, 
I mean, so a few great cutout balls. Uh, the women's game is improving. It's absolutely improving. Uh, and, and it's great to see the girls, uh, I guess, be more embraced each year. So, yeah, I, had a, I, had a quick, I didn't watch all of it, but I watched most of it. And I, it's absolutely improving. So hopefully it can continue to improve. And hopefully it can find, a, a, I guess, a viewership of, of people that really do enjoy that product of rugby league. But um, good on the girls, good on the Indigenous women for getting the win. Uh, you know what I love is the Maldi women's hucker. Mm. I love that it's like their spin on the other, like, well, they're both spins on each other. Um, but I just love that it's like their spin on it. And it, it's, it's like, it represents a culture, but from a like female kind of perspective. So uh, love that. And uh, it's really good to see the girls improving. I think, I think a lot of their passing's improving. I think a lot of their tackle technique is getting better. Um, now, obviously it's not gonna be as fast and explosive in men's game, but that is just, you know, that's biology. Um, but it doesn't mean that their skills... I, I always, like, harken back to UFC. Like, at the start of women's MMA, Ronda Rousey was the, the shit. Mm. But if you take Ronda Rousey's skill set and put her in today's MMA with the women, she'd get absolutely flogged. I mean, that's why she had a, two, I think, two or three uh, loss streak and then just bounced out of the game. Don't get me wrong, she's a pioneer of the sport. And so I do believe that, that you know, that if the girls continue to improve at the rate they're improving, and, I mean, a lot of them aren't even full-time athletes yet. So hopefully we can get to that stage, give them a real chance to, um, to show their wares. So great win from Indigenous Women's. Uh, it was really enjoyable to see um, just the game progress. Now, on to the Indigenous All-Stars men's versus the Maldives men's. One of the, probably one of the highest quality exhibition games I've personally ever seen. Usually trial matches, it's like a, just a shit fight. And you're going, oh my God, drop ball here. You know, sweaty, humid weather. Forwards are getting hit under the ball. They're dropping it. They're trying to offload everywhere. What did you make of the Maldi Indigenous game? And mate, oh, I think they had every excuse for it to be a bit of a shit fight like yeah. that. And they just delivered. It was in the first probably five minutes, it was a few errors. I think um, my boy Ruben Cotter, he got hit right around the football and it bounced yeah. out. And I thought, oh, this could be the story of the evening here. But mate, I thought it was such an incredible game. The two front rowers, as I said. They were just unbelievable. Uh, yep. It's such an underrated thing in rugby league when you've got the two best front rowers. They can just turn it on its head mm. in an instant. Um, thought it was good to see uh, the, the Indigenous boys, their halves. Obviously, they pretty much had the entire Sharks spine. Mm. Good opportunity for Craig Fitzgibbon to have a look at uh, what he's got to work with there. Um, yeah, it was interesting. I, I actually didn't get to watch the game live. I watched it the day after, so I saw all the reaction on social media and everything and then got to watch the game. And uh, I thought it was a bit... Rough on Nico Hines. He copped a bit of stick on social media. Twitter is in your Twitter talk. Oh, about? Twitter's a cesspit. It is a cess. I don't even have Twitter because it is a cesspool. Nico Hines was, in my opinion, Indigenous' best. Like he was single-handedly dragging them forward yep. with some. Ki- some of his kicking game was fantastic. He's not even really supposed to be the seven. He's the six. And he like what I loved about Nico is that they were lacking a bit of direction, and Nico just said. I'm, I'm stepping up and I'm going to lead this team around. Well, that, that, that was the reaction that I saw on Saturday night when I hadn't watched the game on Twitter and stuff was that they were lacking direction because of Hines. I agree with you. I think it was the opposite. Absolutely. You've got to remember with these guys, they're coming into this game. These are guys they spend a week with. The week isn't about rugby league. It's mm. about their culture. It's about everything else. You, you show up there on the night. You've got 20, you got 20 blokes, constant subs, different guys in different positions. It's pissing rain. Mm. I mean, I, I don't know what people expected out of Nico Hines. Well, if they win, he's he played well. Oh, man, if, they, if, if there's a try, that, the try that Jesse Ramian scores, 
Hines was on his inside. If Hines scores that try, all of a sudden he plays a good game. Yeah, bizarre. If you actually away. go back and watch, and this is no disrespect for the people around him, but there were people outside him missing his mark. Yeah. Like, uh, and uh, here's a perfect example. Curran was a bit late on his line, and he's still got a quick play of the ball the next play. But I was actually feeling like the feeling I got was that Nico was a step above, and people actually weren't going with him. And he's so used to Melbourne's system of that like front foot. I mean, last year that front foot footy they were playing was crazy. So I, I'm look, I am shocked that people thought he played poorly. Like shocked. Now, obviously, that's opinion, and that, that's fair enough. But I, I just cannot, for the life of me, objectively look at that game and say Nico wasn't their key man in dragging them back into that contest. Well, he, it's not only like he so he had a he had two repeat sets or at least a repeat set. He was like a friggin' ten centimeters away from a forty twenty. He had a try assist. Yep. Like what else could he possibly do? And mate, I would argue on that on that try that J- Jesse Ramian scored. Like mate, I've watched Fafita at the Titans for what, a year now, and I just I never understand how they don't just get him clean ball one on one with a mm. defender. It doesn't happen. He scores all these tries, but they're off taps, they're off drop balls, yep. all these ridiculous ways that he scores just because he's the best athlete on the field. Mate, Nico Hines in the pissing rain in the first 15 minutes got that ball to him one-on-one. It's all you have to do with a guy like mm. that. Poor, so like poor Patrick Herbert just standing there going, fuck, mm. what on earth am I going to do? So it's here? essentially two tries. It is, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I thought he was great. And I think that once those boys get back at, at the Cronulla Sharks and you get to see them in their, mm. their systems they've been working on for three months now, I reckon he's going to be lethal. See, that was my biggest concern that I wanted to probably speak about a bit later, but we'll speak about it now. My concern was that it was seven, one, six sharks. Yep. And it seemed like, you know, Nico had to like basically 20 minutes in go, I'm not getting any direction here. I'm going to be the guy to get direction. And it makes me wonder, do you need to put him at seven at the sharks? Because although Trindle had some good moments, it just didn't seem like he was... They weren't yin yin and yanging, you know what I mean? Like, he wasn't laying the platform for Nico. And and maybe that's the style they want to play. I'm not sure. But it made me concerned for the Sharks that maybe this is going to take longer than we thought it will. Because for Nico to have to become the seven, essentially, Mm. is that going to be an issue they're constantly fighting with all year? That, you know, they're too, you know, Trindle and Nico are too similar. They're both kind of like ball running sixes. Um, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I, I think if it's not going to be Trindle, I, I don't think it can be Moiser. Mm. I don't think he's that sort of guy either. So you might have to look at playing Nico Hines at seven. Mm. Um, I will say this, though. It is going to take time regardless how they do it. I remember a couple of years ago when Cooper Cronk and James Tedesco arrived at the Roosters. Yep. It, took them, it, it, it took them three months of games to work out how they were going to play. And, you know, they were copping it a little bit. I think the Sharks have got a good enough team to win games whilst they're sorting it out. Yeah. I think the Sharks will be okay, but it is going to take time. And um, I think the Sharks, they're, they're buying Nico Hines for what he's going to be at the end of the season over the next few years, not in the first six weeks. So just be patient. Mm. Um, the only thing is, like, when I look at it and I go, you, you look at Nick Arima and Chanel, like, individually, I'd probably say Nico had a better game. But the way they work together, I know Chanel ended up going to fullback for a little bit, but just that experience seven that Nico uh, Nicarima brought, you know what I mean? It was yeah. so valuable that experience. Like he just knew when to. And some people thought Nicarima played really poorly. I disagree. Like again, it's the internet, so I guess you're always going to get that. But I thought that Nicarima's experience probably won on the match. Like just to be nowhere to get players on the field, um, 
you know, know when to, to hit certain parts of the field, whereas it just seemed that the Indigenous attack was very, like, kind of scattershot. It never really seemed structured. And maybe I need to rewatch the game, but that was, that was a feeling I was getting. Um, you know, the only time I felt like it had structure was when Nico said, nah, stop it. Like, I'm, I'm taking control of this and going. Um, I think that also is the reality of the beast with so many guys coming on and off. Yep. And, um, yeah, it was a great game. I thoroughly enjoyed it, but I think people might be reading into some things from that a little bit too yep. much. Okay. I'd probably put more emphasis on when they get back to their club games, their yep. club trials. And, and they can be working to the structures that they've had laid down for them. So would you say that Trindle is probably the front runner for the seven role then? I, I think he is still. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. I think he is. Interesting. Be interesting. Like, because I see him more as a six. So it's really mm. going to be interesting to see, does his game change slightly? I, I see them all more as sixes. Yeah, oh, absolutely. So, so I agree. someone's got to be there. Um, you know, when I watch that game, I kind of think Nico has to be seven because he's so dominant. And he seems to be, you know kind of like a Jerome Hughes kind of seven. Mm. But it's interesting. It's interesting. And you're totally right. Like, you know, this, this is something that's going to take time to, to gel together. Uh, but it was, it was, they were probably clunkier than I thought they'd be. I thought they'd be a bit smoother than they, should, than they were. Yeah. That, that may not have been their fault, though. They've got a different hooker. They've got different forwards getting to different points in the field. They've got players that may not be listening to them. So um, it's not to say that that's a reflection of how it's going to be. But there is evidence that there, there was clunkiness. Like, yeah. You can't, can't deny that. Um, but I also don't think it's a shock there was clunkiness there. Mm. Like, I think it's, it's just the reality of their situation. I, I think they will improve as the season goes, whether it's Trindle or Moiser. I, I just think the Sharks are, have got too much of a good squad for them not to be successful and sort of Okay, so you don't think me. that there may be a big time in the, in the season where Trindle is just struggling to be that like structured seven for oh, oh, I'm sure there will be times because he, he's a young halfback. Yeah. I think they all sort of go through that. I mean, if we're in the preseason next year and they've gone and brought a seven, I won't be shocked yeah, at okay. all, to be okay. honest with you. Um, I, I, I think that'll probably be the play, depending how Trindle mm. goes. He's got a tough gig, Trindle, because... Oh, mate, people undervalue how hard he's Like, is. far out. To expect him... Again, I, I, I don't know what he came through, the, the, younger, the younger grades... But he seems like a really good running six because he's still like he personally. I thought he had some really good moments in the game. It's not about any specific player. It's more just about that gelling yeah. of, of the players that was a bit. Um, I I agree. I'm not shocked it was clunky, but I thought it would be a little bit smoother than it was. I didn't think that Nico would have to like fully just take control yeah. of the game and go. I'm I'm going to start kicking. I'm going to start because he was doing not only the short kicking but the long kicking yeah. um, as well. And he, I mean, and what was so good about his game? What what I I think is a real positive though for Sharks fans is clearly Nico isn't just a Storm system. Now we're gonna have to see more games, but this is his first game out of the Storm system without Storm players around him. And I thought he played really well. Yeah, I, I thought he did well. I, I was I was very, as I said, I I saw all the reviews first mm. and then watched the game, and I was just waiting for Hines to make a heap of errors all yeah. of a sudden. It just never came to me. It never. I I don't understand. Those takes that I saw. His try assists and early kicking, some of his early kicking decisions were fantastic. Yep. I, yeah, it's bizarre. It's almost as if, as if you don't like have three try assists these days, you've had a bad well, that, game. Mate, that's exactly it. Yeah. If you, yeah and if you're, if, you, if you're leading a team that, that, that's a red-hot favourite, what were they, like $1.30 or something, and yeah. they lose, I think people just jump to conclusions. Yeah, I'm always big on, especially when you're looking in these trials, you're looking at performance over scoreboard. Yeah. I think that's something that people look past sometimes. I'll also say this for both set of halves. Um, you know, the, the two hookers they had, I thought Reuben Cotter in particular did well, but I think you can see he's a 13, not a 9. Yeah, okay. For me, I, I, I think he, he lacked a little bit of direction. I thought that... Um, yeah, speaking of Cotter, 
he's tough as fuck. Yeah. He's got a great running game. I just don't think he has the finesse of a nine in NRL. There were certain situations where, I don't know, like he just, it's just really hard for me to see him being a high quality nine when you've got guys like, you know, you've got, you know, Jaden Braley and you, you know when you can see that kind of finesse. Um, so I agree with you. I think he was, don't get me wrong, he could get the job done as a nine and we've seen him do that. But but I think as well, he's not there because he's a good nine. He's mm. there because they don't have a nine. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he was the best. If you're not going to pick him, who are you going So he's for? not a nine normally. I, well, he has played nine in the past. I think he's going to be a 13. Yeah, when okay. I said he'll play Origin a few weeks ago, I see him being the 13 for the Cowboys and I think he'll do really well there. Off the bench. He's not a hooker. Yeah. He isn't a hooker. We, I mean, we said this last year where we thought he would be a good 13. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. He, he tried his heart out and he didn't play poorly. But at the same time, when you're looking for a, a, a hooker that can identify, you know, bringing people in tight around the ruck. I mean, like a perfect example of it is Cameron Smith. Like the amount of times that he would identify a loose ruck and have a forward ready right there to just jump out, tip, boom, in behind, in behind. Little things like that. That's like what is a, a, a hooker's specialty. Yep. Um, and separates him from just a guy that gets through a bunch of tackles. Is, is identifying and, and controlling the ruck, controlling the momentum. Cam, Cam Smith was the king of controlling momentum, knowing when to bring it back a bit, knowing when to go again. Um, yeah, so I agree with you. I, I think he's a 13, and I think he's a perfect 13 for today's game. Yeah, 100%. Um, because he, he actually, he's got good ball handling. It's just more those intricacies of a nine that, that you know, you didn't really see. And on I mean, weekend. if you're stepping into hooker for the first time in around about a year or so yeah. for him in the rain, in those conditions. With people you don't it's know. first game back as yeah. well. Like, True. it's exhausting. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, before we go past it, I thought the, the huckers and the, the, the Indigenous um, dancers were incredible. Like, they were so epic in scale. Holy. I love how they're just, like, increasing it. Just increasing it. It's it big year. every year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then they also, uh, the Torres Strait Island was... Um, you know, also brought into it as well, which is really cool. You saw those, the masks that they were wearing. I thought that was sick. Uh, such a spectacle, such a good part of our game. Like I would, I know we probably can't fit it, but I would love to see three in a year. How good would it, yeah, three in the middle of the year yeah. when, when they've all got match fitness, I think it'd be unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, when you think about the quality of that game and you think about everything around it, weather, match fitness. Yeah. I keep sort of saying it, but if you could have it smack in the middle of the year, it'd be unbelievable. Yeah, it's just hard to find that. Like, where would you get the... You know, a lot of those blokes play... Will play Origin, I'd assume. Well, at least... So who would you... You know, Hamiso will mo most likely play Origin. Uh, Hines Fox, will probably be 14, lose, maybe. Yeah, you could oh, lose Hines. There's a... Uh, yeah, I, I, I was at a um, wedding on Saturday night and a bloke came up to me and said, oh, these two teams should go um, into the World Cup. Yeah. I thought, I know it won't happen, but God, it'd be unreal if they did. It'd be cool, but then, I mean, that's a whole other killer. Yeah, it's fish. a whole other, yeah. Yeah, a whole other killer. Because you imagine if you gave them six weeks. Yeah, to, but it's, then it becomes like we're going into like territory of like yeah, no, no, for sure, the for sure. But j j just entertainment wise, what these guys were able to do in the pissing rain like that off a week, it was a way for them to three I, games, whatever it is. I would love for them to, during Origin, the idea we've spoken about when we shut the game down for four months. Enter them into that, mm. so like a you know a four nations or whatever, however many nations there are, like a round robin between Samoa, Tonga, Fiji, PNG, and Indigenous side, um, either a Kiwi side or a Maori side, uh, and then at Cook Islands. I would love to see that. That would be sick. Yep. That would be something that I um, would love to see them entered into for sure. But yeah, it was such a good spectacle. Such a good spectacle. Uh, now, man of the match, 
Joseph Tarpane, uh for the multi. Now, look, he was incredible. And it actually made me look up, when is this bloke off contract? Because if I'm a club that needs a front rower that can suit today's game, I'm looking for Joseph Tarpane because he's probably not going to break the bank. You know, if the Raiders have another poor year, he's going to probably start getting, I guess, cold feet or itchy feet, and he's going to start going, looking around. Do you... Is that something that you would be looking at as a club, seeing this guy? Because he, he didn't just play good last night. Towards the end of last year, he was also really good. And it's, all, it's gotten to the point where, you know, Ricky, for a lot of the year, used him off the bench. He's a starter for me. Oh, he's a starter and he's a front row for me. Yeah, His agree. days of 13 are over. He, he needs to be in the front row. Give him a simplified job. He can just terrorise yep. there. Um, sort of remind, probably with a bit more upside of when, like, Paul Vorman's at his absolute best. Mm. That same sort of footballer. Um, I just, I thought he was just so impressive. And he, he's come of age so quickly too. Mm. Like he really has, I, 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 I was about to say grown up a lot, but it's not like he was immature or anything before, but he's just, he's just taking his game to a new level. I think he's like realised how damaging he can yeah. be. You know, realised, oh shit, like I'm, I'm actually an incredibly hard ball runner that's tough to stop with footwork, with a bit of ball playing, can run a good line, but also a good defender. Like he's, he's 27, so he's still got plenty of footy left in him. And like, I remember in the lead-up to this game, I did a preview on my podcast, and I spoke about both front rowers, but for me, Fish was the guy. Mm. I probably had Joey just a level below, and I got 10 minutes in that game and just went, fuck, no, nah, I've yeah. got it wrong here. Yeah. He is he's premier sort of front rower category here. Now, do you think this is evidence that, you know, obviously this doesn't speak for the whole squad, but Tarpanair was very deeply involved in the unrest, if you believe the stories. Um, and, and to be fair, you know, his missus did come out and say something. So there was clearly unrest there. Yeah. He's come out and played the way he plays. Do you, and he also played the way he played at the end of last season. Now, Buzz Rothfield, uh, we don't know how true this is. We also don't know, you know, why is he bringing this out now, this article. That Tarpanet is extremely happy in Canberra. Now, again, it could be two things. And this is fully conspiracy hat on with no evidence. Very interesting that it came out the day after the game. Very interesting that after he has a man-of-the-match performance, an article comes out about how happy he is at Raiders. Very, very interesting. Uh, now, maybe I'm just being way too conspiratorial, but very strange timing, if you say the least. Yeah, the Mayo man's no stranger to these yeah. situations. Yes, he's all... I mean, he hasn't been in the game this long without uh, yeah. knowing how to work the yeah. system. Let's uh, just put is it a bad sign for the Raiders? No, I don't think so, but am I... Now thinking because he left the Raiders and played really good in a rep game that it's rainbows and lollipops, I, I don't know. I'm not convinced. I think that if Canberra are underachieving again next year, I wouldn't be surprised to see some of these things rear their head again. Yep, okay. Very. It's interesting times because Tarpanet would be a great buy for a lot of clubs. Well, he's one that we probably should have mentioned Melbourne going after, I think. Yep, absolutely. Oh, could you imagine him? Like, wow. That's a great chat. And Melbourne, you tell me, Melbourne aren't watching that match going, mm, okay. Interesting. A bloke that if, if, if Raiders struggle again, Ricky may, he's just going to put a broom through the club. Probably. Well, he's you? probably at the point where he has to. If, if they go poorly two years in a row. With the roster they have. With the roster they have, I think he has to because if they go poorly the third year, I think it's his job personally. Yeah, for sure. I, I think there's a chance that if they go poorly well, this it's year. The only, the only way he saves his job for another few more years is by brooming yep. and then being able to say, mate, I just put a broom <laughs> through the club. Like, of course, I'm going to need time to build things back up. So I think 
Joseph Tarpany watched that space very closely. Very closely. I think it's going to be a very interesting year for Ricky Stewart. I mean, yeah. if it does go poorly, he does have to put a broom through the place. Yeah, guys that tend to leave Ricky Stewart or get brushed by him will talk to other players. It'll be interesting to see how they go recruitment-wise because it yeah. looks like the well, people a bit have of a roadblock to England yeah. now. It looks like the guys that have left the Raiders and gone to England, they haven't been afraid to share their opinion with anyone that will listen. Leaving so. players in the club Even. still. Yep. Hodgson. Hodgson's gone now too. Yep. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see how this one plays out in Canberra. They uh, They definitely need to bounce back this year. It's uh, yeah. So again, I'm not I'm not sitting here saying like Raiders fans wig out like Tarpaneer's gone. Not nothing like that at all. All I'm saying is is the fact that this is this this year for the Raiders. If they don't go well, it's just not Tarpaneer that will be probably under pressure to stay at the club. It'll be you could even argue like Papali'i that you know what I mean like. Yeah. They, they could, all of their big players will be under pressure to stay at the club. And I would say that at the end of this season, I think that tra- transition of the alpha and the forward pack from Papali'i to this guy Tapanay will probably yeah. occur yeah. for me. And, 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 th- and please don't conflate that with saying Papali'i should have pressure on. I think he's actually one of the greatest front rowers the Raiders have ever seen. Probably only behind Glenn Lazarus. That's yeah. it. And, you know, on his day, I believe he's probably as good as Glenn, Raz- Glenn Lazarus. The difference is... Lazarus winning premierships. Um, it's more to say that, like, this is the reality of Ricky's situation. He has a roster that's a top four roster, absolutely no doubt. But if they struggle again, he will be forced to do this. Uh, and I think it, it'll be a situation where it's actually best for all parties. Like, can I see, is it a good idea for Tarpanair to stay if Ricky is saying to him, mate, if you can find somewhere else, you can go? Of course, it's not a good yeah. idea. Um, not to say that this will happen, but. I think you'd be a pretty brave man to make the claim that if the Raiders struggle, Ricky won't be looking at key individuals to move on to try and bring a new crop through. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so the, it's interesting. The Raiders are kind of flying under the radar as to how much pressure they're under. But two, another year of the last year, the whole club's going to look different in 2023. Mate, it's a strange situation. They're, they're flying under the radar how much pressure they're under. But then there's other people that I think because of last year, they're just not even... So many people send me their top eights and the Canberra Raiders aren't in it. And I'm just like, like I get you not having them in there, yeah. but I don't know how so many people don't have them yeah. in there. Well, how far they've fallen. Yeah. I mean, like I honestly had them as, as a Smokey to win the premiership, I think, last year. I had them grand finalists. Yeah. And I was very confident. And yeah. yeah, and I was like, if not that, definitely top four. And there was about five games last year where I was like, this is the turnaround. Yeah, this is yeah, where it comes. Yeah. And it just never did. It was very so in, very interesting times. The positive is, though, one of their key players has come out and ripped and tear. So the evidence that we have so far is things are good at the Raiders. That's, that's from all the evidence that we can see, things are good at the Raiders. So please don't mistake this for uh, us saying that things are bad at the Raiders. It's more just saying that, like, this next tw- 12 months it's crucial. Is, is absolutely crucial for everyone at the club. Ricky, the staff... Like, I don't even, I don't think you won't just see, like, some of the players being asked, look, if you can go, you can go. I'm, I think there'll be a staff clean out, all that kind of the usual stuff. Now, on to a few other players that definitely played really well. Uh, I thought Patrick Herbert was fantastic. I thought Fisher Harris delivered again. Uh, I thought Cody Nicarima was solid. He was, as, as we said earlier, the experience was really good. Is there anyone else? Did you think Patrick Herbert was a real standout for you? Yeah, I thought Herbert was sensational, um, especially, like, 
when, when that stink broke out and Rapana got sent, it was all Herbert. Mm. That was a sensational shot. That was great. There was, you know, the, the one that I mentioned on Ruben Cotter early too, that, that was a big hit by him. And, and then that, another one on Ramian that made yeah. him drop the ball. So it's like three, basically. Three big defense. And as a center, mm. you can talk about it more than me, but defensively it's hard. I would, I would argue it's the hardest position on the yeah. field. I, th- I think it's pr- probably the hardest position on the field because winger it's kind of like you're in or you're out whereas center not only do you have to think you in or you out but you've got to just defend a large space wing is very rarely standing there one-on-one in a five to ten you know what i mean yeah so i I would probably agree with that i think that one of the physically hardest spaces to defend on your line is probably your edge back rowers but when it comes to like a mixture of physicality skill set i mean you've got to pretty much be the best one-on-one tackler in the game in the because like even even if you had hooker out there laterally they wouldn't be as it's, yeah you're right it's it is it was one it's of the a tough position yeah. to play people underrated I thought Nicarima he probably had the game that he needed to mm. have I think he's had a very strange part of his career yeah I mean I I, I see people arguing who's going to be the six for the Warriors and it's like Nicarima doesn't exist yeah I mean people don't even I think we were guilty of it when we we're talking yeah, about it fair yeah um, but I, I think it's more because of the way that the Warriors used him last year, it looks mm. like they weren't appreciating him for what he is. I, He's not a top five halfback in rugby league, but fuck, he's much more than just a 14, I reckon. I do think he would complement Sean Johnson really well. I think he'd be great for Johnson. Put him yeah. at six and just let him run the ball because um, he's a great ball runner. And it's weird. You're totally right. He's in this very strange position because he's, what, nearly a 200-game player? And yet, are there a lot of clubs baying to get him? I reckon I know I say this better I reckon he's one that could really end up at the Dolphins I yeah, wouldn't be okay. surprised if be a Wayne smart boy because he him. won't break the bank he won't break the bank it means that you can spend a bit more money on getting a gun hooker or a gun halfback and you can use him in the other spot mm. I reckon he'd be a handy little guy to have can play nine as well if you have to and also he'd be in the stage of his career where he'd kind of willing be willing to play wherever to keep playing in a role I'd assume well, I mean, I was a bit surprised. I think you, you might want to check, Matt. I think he, he's 27 this year. Oh, he's not old. No, yeah, no he's way. not old. Like, as a ball player, he should be, and as we saw the other night, coming into his most mm. mature football. So I think he's got a lot more to offer there. Oh, for sure. I more mean, like, are there a lot of clubs that are going to go to Nicarima right now? Right now? now he could change this all and say, we're going to sign you as our key half. Yeah, probably not a heap. But I mean, don't get me wrong. He'll get an NRL contract. Yeah. But I for the like the money that he's probably on at the Warriors, I'd probably say four five hundred k. And he and when he was purchased, it was as a key as a key half, not the key half, but as a key half. Yeah. I think that like you know what club would really go out and say, look, we're going to pay five hundred k and we're going to have you as one of our starting halves. I think there's plenty of clubs that would put him as a 14. There's, there's plenty, yeah. But there's also plenty of clubs that I think if you put him into their team, they improve straight away. Cowboys is one that I think... Cowboys, massively. Canterbury and Newcastle, I, I would be a lot more confident on if they I had one the Canterbury shout. Canterbury, him with Burton. I think it'd be good. Yeah, that's not a bad shout. No, I think he, I think him in, uh, at the Cowboys would be really good. I'm surprised the Knights haven't tried to have a crack at him. There's three, there's three five eight sitting there at the New Zealand Warriors. I think one of them is going to play. Mm. If I was Newcastle, I'd be having a scrap at one of them. Yeah, for sure. And and I, I do believe his experience was a big part of, of the Maldives getting the win. Um, Patrick Herbert, great bounce back. You know, I've already put a post up about this, but 
he played probably his best footy of all his career, in my opinion. What were your thoughts of his season, his season last year? Yeah, he's a guy that flies under the radar, and I think I'm guilty of it as mm. well with him. Um, him and Brian Kelly. I think they're the most underrated yeah, centre pairing in the NRL. I love Kelly. Yeah. Absolutely love Kelly. Uh, yeah, no, mate, I, I think he's... I, I don't think he's ever going to be that superstar top tier, but he just... He does a job every single week. Mm. and He's so physically imposing. Yeah, and I, I think it's something that I, I would love to talk to the guys that play against him week mm. in, week out, and see what they say about him. Because uh, I, I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I don't think you can grasp the full impact he has from watching it at home. Well, he, he, he missed that tackle on Fafita, but then for the rest of the game, when Fafita came back on, he did a, did a job on it. Yep. Which is such a good, like, do a job on Fafita. Like, who does that? Who, yeah, no one. Literally yeah. no one except for Cam Murray. And, like, we know Cam Murray's ilk. He's one of the best in the game. Uh, is there any, I mean, Fisher-Harris, I thought it, it was a really good showing. Um, now, some people was, thought Aaron Clark was really good. I thought he was solid. He just had quite a few errors that I was... Um, but I do believe he, he's clearly improved. He was better than I anticipated. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, the, the only thing I was concerned about, I think he had four or five errors, but... I think he is showing why Holbrook is saying he's the nine. Yeah. Because um, I thought he was solid, got through a lot of work. Um, it was quality defensive work as well. So he's definitely improving in the role. I, I, I didn't even, like last year, I didn't even know if he was a, a specialist nine, but he, he must be. Yeah, I, I'm, yeah. I, I, I think he will do a job. I think he was great moving his forwards around within that five metres of the ruck when he had to go out the back to his halves. Some of those passes worried me a little bit, but... Once again, it was pissing with rain. It wasn't ideal conditions. But I, from where I was two weeks ago when he got announced as the nine and I said to you how nervous I was and how I didn't understand this one, I think it is a little bit more clearer now. Mm. Um, but, yeah, still one I'll be very... In, I, I still rate Aaron Booth very highly. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's a good good spot for the Titans to Great be. Great spot, yeah. Now, one guy that didn't get any raps that I saw publicly, but I thought... I was really impressed with, and I was starting to go, wow, we're seeing what we, we should have seen him develop into over the last few years. Britton Nakora. You were going to say Nakora. Yeah, mate, yeah. he was running, he, he came into the grade as this great line runner, great line runner. Now, he, he basically had, when you're talking, I know fantasy points aren't everything. I know that. But they still do indicate stats. Well, this is where he did get a little bit of respect because yeah. the fantasy world did notice him because yeah. he was very impressive. He was impressive. And, and I, I, again, I didn't know his fantasy points until right now. So it's not like I went off that. I just went off eye test. He's, he seems a bit bigger. Uh, he seemed focused. His line running was fantastic. So basically he had 12 hit-ups for 94 metres, which is the, um, the second most of any multi-forward, only behind um, James Fisher-Harris. But James Fisher-Harris had 17 hit-ups. So he actually, if my math is correct, and it probably isn't, uh, averaged more metres per run. Uh, now, I understand different positions, but that just shows you the quality of his work. Um, he got through, his post-contact was 29 metres, which is solid. He had um, 12 just straight hit-ups, and he had three offloads. Yeah. 
Um, and I, I think you did all this in, in about 50 minutes. Yep, five passes, 17 receipts, made 27 tackles. Oh, sorry. Made 37 tackles, only missed two. He had a tackle percentage of 94%, which was essentially, not essentially, it was the best in the game. If not the game, it was the best in the multi side. Now, if that's not a fucking great knock, I'm not here. I heard Nico Hines talking the other day and he was asked, who's impressed you the most? That was the first name he said. Really? Britain Acora. So I'd be very interested. I think he's going to be a guy that whoever ends up playing half or 5'8 at the Sharkies, you need to be taking advantage of him the way that Sean Johnson did. It, would, would he be on the same side as Nico Hines? He'll be on I... the right. So he's, he's always on the right edge. So I don't know... I'm, I'm, I'm not convinced how the Sharks are going to play just yet. I think it was Braden Trindle played down there last year Yeah. On the, once SJ went down. Uh, but I'm not sure how they're going to play. I think Nico was on the first half he was on the right with Curran, I think. Mm. Um, but Britton Nicora, I think we're in for a big year because people forget, like, he was a bit quiet last year. He may have struggled with injury. But when he came in, like, I believe that I have such big raps on Britton Nicora that if he wasn't a Kiwi that I would say that he eventually probably will play for New South Wales. He could push for it. Man. Uh, I remember watching him in his first year and thinking, this kid runs the best lines. In 100%. Like. Reminded me of like an early Boyd Cordner. Yep. Um, and, and aggressive defence. With probably a bit more upside. He's probably a little bit better on his feet yep. too. And probably not as big yep. physically. So you probably can't handle those, those tougher carries in the middle. But on an edge with a bit more footwork, a bit more, uh, I guess, flair. So Britton Acora for me was an underrated like... Really had a fucking good game. Yeah. Went about his business. I think he has bulked up a bit. I think it's great signs for Sharks. Great sign for Sharks. Yeah. The, the other one I'd say too, I thought Josh Curran was good. It, yeah. it was a game that it was hard to stand out in. Yeah, for sure. It was, it was just... Uh, but oh, I thought Josh Curran was good. I think he got knocked about at one point there. But he's another one that... Uh, he had a great season last year and I think he's going to back it up again this year. Hearing that uh, at least until Toe Harris returns, he could move into the 13 jersey uh, for the Warriors. So... Interesting one there. I really like some of the stuff he did, though. Uh, thoughts on the Indigenous side? Is there anyone else that kind of stood out for you? or? Yeah, I, I, I thought that when, when Albert Kelly came on, he, he had good impact. Just just a lot of passion in his game. Um, mate, other than that, it, as I said, it was a hard game to stand out in. It you know was. who I really, really liked? And I know I'm super, super biased. I thought Selwyn Cobbo was fucking really good when he came on. Six yeah. tackle breaks in 50 minutes as an 18-year-old, 19-year-old coming off the bench, um, made some half-line breaks. And if you go back and watch the game, you, like they were like half-line breaks, so you'd never really like got off the edge yeah. of your seat. Um, I thought Selwyn Cobbo was fantastic. He was actually had the second most tackle breaks and only played for like 50 minutes or whatever. Yeah, when, when I, I haven't had a look at the, those stats, but when I watched it with the eye test, I, I was a little bit disappointed he didn't have more impact, but I think that's more of a reflection of what I expect from him. Yeah. And yeah. how much talent he's got. If you can, go back and watch that, I think it's a third quarter, mm. and you'll see a few plays that he makes where you go, fuck me. Like, yeah. um, one of the kick returns, he breaks the line. A scoot, I think he breaks the line. Um, yeah, he, he's special. He is spe- and some of his physicality, and able to handle the physicality, is, is something special. Selwyn, Selwyn really is a, a club, a, a, pl- a player that a club should look to sign way before he's even yeah. able to come on contract. Now, there are whispers that the Dolphins are coming in hard. I assume those whispers are coming from his manager for him to get an upgrade. But I think this is a situation where we learnt from our mistake with Reese Walsh 
and we go, look, we're going to have to pay a little bit more, but let's just get this kid locked up. There's there's no doubt in anyone's mind that this kid is yeah, a high-quality yeah. NRL player. Um, it's just a matter of, like, can he repeat that week on, week out? I think he can. Um, outside of that, great game. Tyrell Sloan, game. no stranger to the promised land. Another Tyrell Sloan. How quick was he over those 15 oh, man. It was rapid. He's, got, he's just got that something about him, you know yeah. what I mean? Something, he looks a bit bigger. Hopefully he hasn't gotten too big. I know Hook has a propensity to like make his outside backs quite big. I was, you know, he did that with me and it actually, yeah, I, I didn't like it. I did it because he told me to do it, but I didn't agree with it. I started picking up injuries. I wasn't as quick. Um, I'm always of the mind of like, let, let's say a Sloan. Like, obviously he needs to put on some muscle, muscle mass to deal with the contact. That is mm-hmm. normal or defense, whatever. But he's never going to be a bloke that throws players off. But what is he going to be? Super fucking fast. It's yeah. like Preston Campbell. A lot of coaches would try to bulk him up and make him this little nuggety player, but he's never going to be that. So why make him that? Jaden Campbell, same situation. I hope they don't try to make him too big. Like, yes, there may be some instances where he gets dragged back in a tackle, but for every time he gets dragged back in a tackle, he beats three defenders with his crazy footwork and speed. So this, I think they've moved away with it now. The more science that we have about the fact that certain frames shouldn't have certain weight on them. But there was a period there where like, if you're an NRL player, you just had to beef up as big as you can get as big as you can get and it really um, I know it affected me and I know it affected quite a lot of other um, players that I was coming through with at the time um, for example uh, Dane Gay guy he, he was younger and they were like you need to put on like a crazy amounts of weight and he couldn't like so before weigh-ins we were like drinking like big things of water to try and hit our weight targets and if you didn't hit your weight target you get fine like that's how serious it was. Good God. Yeah, and so you've got these guys with smaller frames. Now, obviously, Dan Gog has, you know, built into a bigger frame. But if you go back and watch his early years, he was a skinnier player. Mm. Um, but you're putting on muscle mass t- way too, you know, way too like, I guess, unnecessarily and quickly. Um, now, thoughts on the lack of six agains on tackle one. Once again, it, it was a. It was a weird game because I, I felt like it was a little bit slower through the ruck just because of the rain. So I don't think that was the best example of what we're going to see from it. But, I mean, the last game of football I watched was the grand final. Mm. And, fuck, it looked different to that. Way different. Heaps different, which I I'm, yeah, I'm all for. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Like, the amount of times that they got a penalty, they kicked out, they reset. Yep. I wasn't sitting back going, this isn't exciting. Like, I wasn't sitting back going, oh, how slow is this? I was like... Yeah, they got what they deserved. Like, don't fucking lie on the ruck. Um, I thought it was great pace. I liked the pace of the game. Think about it. That's in torrential rain, and we got that pace of a game. Yeah. I'm loving it. Yeah, it was great. And I, I think, you know, I had a lot of people message me last week, oh, the stars aren't there, it's going to be shit. Wake up to yourself. Yeah, come on. They man. prove you wrong every fucking year. It's not about those games. It's not, are, yeah. it's not about the stars. It's about, like, two teams coming together playing for their whole culture. And don't get me wrong. I believe that if the Indigenous team has Cody Walker, they win the game probably. Um, and You're that's saying that, mate. If, if Jerome Hughes is on the other side of the oh, field... Oh, I forgot it's... about him. No, you know what? I take that back. Fuck me. Jerome Hughes and Kalen Ponga. KP. It's... Yeah, all right. You're totally right. I take that back. That's, that's, that's a great point. Wow. What? Yeah. I mean, for them to turn out the quality they did without KP, Jerome Hughes, Cody Walker, pretty impressive. Latrell, yeah. Latrell, fuck. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.